0: Hello everybody. As we continue on in our study of the New Testament that we've been working through now for over four years, this is actually part number 234. I just get a kick out of saying that. Uh, 234 weeks in to our study of the New Testament. Uh, Today we're going to be looking at uh, the the third letter from John. And then next week, I know a lot of you have been anxiously waiting for this, we start the book of Revelation. And we will work through the book of Revelation together. When we're done with that, we will um, start the Old Testament. And then we have 15 years to finish that. And then we'll start in the New Testament again. And then we'll do the other one again. And then that should be enough. (laughs) Then it'll be on you guys. (laughs) You can go wherever you want from there. (laughs) Um. So we're in this third letter to John, and uh, uh, John, you know, is the author of, obviously, the Gospel of John, and then the letters, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John. He's also the author of Revelation. So um, all of these things are, are, are his, and we, we looked at 1st John, 2nd John, we're going to look at 3rd John today. These are short letters second and third John um, to uh, address little situations that are going on and uh, and then we'll, we'll get into the book of Revelation most of John's letters were written somewhere between 85 and 95 AD so John uh, had been uh, going for quite some time at this point in his life because um, whatever you know if you if you use that as a date and you think of Jesus ministry earthly ministry sort of coming to some conclusion 30 something AD um, then then you've got another 50 or 60 years and John was young but still he's gonna have some time on him by this point in time um, when you when you read these letters he says things like my children quite often because after this long time in ministry he's seen as a spiritual father to many and that's how they consider him and so he's writing to my children. Um, in John 2, when we looked at it, we were, we were um, instructed by John not to be hospitable to false teachers. Remember, there the, was sort of a plague on the church at that time, false teachers and false teachings. And, and he was telling them, uh, please, you know, don't. Uh, we don't want you welcoming them and taking them in. You, you need to have a difference. In this letter, he's talking about the importance of hospitality to true teachers. And, and he's certainly saying that this is something that you need to um, take on. It's a definite important part. Of the ministry that you have, and this letter was written to his um, uh, to a friend of John's named Gaius, and all we know about Gaius is that he's a friend of John's, a dear friend of John's. We don't know anything else from it doesn't. We don't have any other information uh, about Gaius other than he was a dear friend of um, the apostle John, and it was uh, to whom this letter was addressed. So let's uh, hop in. There's two things I want to talk about out of this letter today. So third John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Uh, the elder, that's John, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell me about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. Will you do me a favor, one of you guys, take that and um, go into the soundboard and take the reverb out, or it gets funny on the recordings. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such men, so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who done what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write you but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So as I said, there's two themes that I really wanted to touch on in this particular letter. One of them is the idea of hospitality. And the other idea is uh, about physical and spiritual well-being. And so, um, interestingly, as far as hospitality goes, it's what we've been talking about now for the last eight, nine weeks or so in our um, weekend celebrations And there's this quote that I love when I talk about hospitality. And it's from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I haven't done it since we started that series. And he says this, The church is the church only when it exists for others, not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men of every calling what it means to live for Christ, to exist for others. And, and I, I think in there you get the idea of hospitality. The church is only the church when it exists for others and when it's helping and serving. And that's sort of the idea of hospitality. And, and the Greek word that's translated hospitality means a love of strangers. Uh, and, and so a definition of hospitality would be the quality or disposition of receiving and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, and generous way. And the hospitality we've been talking about is about loving others through Christ and making them feel special, important, comfortable, so that ultimately they can receive, uh, they can hear and receive the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that, that we, in that way, then can help them in the process of, of being delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. And so uh, on, our, on our weekend series, we've been talking about this idea of, of a kingdom hospitality which is about, um, you know, taking a stand on behalf of our neighbors against the tricks and the traps and the schemes of our enemy so that people can be set free from the kingdom of darkness and delivered into the kingdom of light. And so um, you've been hearing that if you've been here on the weekends and and, uh, you understand that concept as it goes as far as hospitality Goes. so it's all about making people feel comfortable um, and then ultimately for us uh, hospitality is, is so that we can focus on admission um, but hospitality and we'll move into this in our series too is also about you know um, encouraging one another and making each other feel welcome and, and a, an important and vital part of the body of Christ and so all of that is about uh, hospitality now another big theme in the letter is about physical and spiritual well-being and uh, it might not seem like a huge deal but it was because it really combats a, um, a false teaching that's going on. Let me read you the verse and, and it's uh, the second verse. Dear friend, he said, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. And John here expresses his concern for his friend's physical and spiritual well-being. And the, the false teaching that was was very prevalent at this time in the church was that the, the spiritual um, uh, life couldn't have anything to do with the physical life. They were two absolutely separate things. Uh, that's what Gnosticism is really all about. And so the teaching would go as far as to say that Jesus really didn't come in the flesh because he couldn't have, because the, the, the physical is evil and the spiritual is holy. Um, the problem with that is it takes people to extremes. Um, where either they think that because the spiritual and the physical are two separate things, that gives them then the freedom to do whatever they want in the physical because it doesn't make any difference to the spiritual side of their life, which is untrue. Or they get a, the, the other opposite twist, which is um, um, be, you know, that they uh, can, can sort of uh, forget about everything that... Uh, uh, would matter as far as their physical life or anything else or um, they, they just need to totally concentrate on their spiritual side and they don't engage in life the way that they need to um, there's a balance of the spiritual and the physical in the life of believers and, and both are an important part and we don't want to we don't want to forget about either part um, there's a blend that takes place in us in Christ as we yield to the Holy Spirit and um, I, I think it's important that we hold on to that context. And I think there's five areas that are really important in this idea to be aware of, and so we're gonna we just want to talk about them real quick. I've talked about them in the past, but I like to bring them forward every now and again uh, when the opportunity arises, especially around that verse, verse two, about the connection between your soul being well and and, and, and taking um, some uh, care of the physical aspects. Of life, and so the five things that I think are really important are about praying well, eating well, moving well, living well, and resting well. And let's just touch on them quickly. The first one about praying well—I um, will be talking about that whole concept this weekend. Um, but there's a verse, one of my favorite verses, First Thessalonians 5:17. Very short verse, two words: pray continually. That's what praying well looks like to me. It's about praying continually. It's about developing and maintaining a Um, a prayer life and that this is very important in us and and uh, through us and really sort of sets the the tone for every part of our life it's certainly one of the spiritual components but if we don't have that one in place the 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 three physical things that are sort of in there get more and more difficult because we need these things to sort of work together the next idea is one of eating well and um, here's here's what's fascinating to me and so I, I speak to you as someone has food issues and if you've known me throughout my life, you know that I've been much bigger than this. And, uh, and, and so it's been something that I've dealt with. Um, and and uh, here's, here's why it's such an issue for me. Maybe you can relate to it, maybe you can't, but, because it's, not everybody has the same thing. But the, the thing about eating well is that eating is at the heart of our daily lives, and it's a social event, and it's really a God ordained time for fellowship. Um, it's around the table. That we build relationships. It's one of the reasons why we promote eating here. It's really not about food, it's about fellowship. Um, because throughout the church, and especially in the early church, they got together and around a meal they had great fellowship and the things of God flourished. And so that's a big part of what we do. And, and so this idea of table fellowship was a, was a big part of the ministry of Jesus and the life of the early church. And so the idea of eating is far more than just eating. It has a whole different sort of picture in the kingdom of God that relates to fellowship and what takes place at the table. You really learn more about people sitting around the table than you do in almost any other situation. It's a great place to connect with people and to engage with people, and so it's at the heart sort of of fellowship in the idea of the early church and in the kingdom. And that's one of the reasons why the enemy twists it. And, and our enemy is so good at twisting things and making counterfeits. And so what the counterfeit is, is that he takes that. And, it, and what, what happens oftentimes is it makes food about us instead of about relationship with God and others. I know that's how it's impacted me in my life. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whatever you eat, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's the admonition, uh, admonition from Paul but see, we, we, it can often get messed up. Now, in my case, food issues, um, and, and also, you know, I have addiction stuff um, that, you know, God's always at work on in me, and, and, you know, fortunately dealt with a lot of that stuff coming into the kingdom, but I still have battles um, with, with things. Um, and food has been one of the primary ones and so let me tell you what my food issues look like just so, so in case you can relate um, and it's simple and you may have heard me talk about this because I like this idea you ever heard of a kind bar? these little, these little bars they're, they're about this big and a uh, kind bar is really a pretty good thing for you it's a, it's a good thing um, it's got 180 calories which in bed tastes really good doesn't have a lot of preservatives in it it's mostly nuts and dried fruit and honey and, and it's a wonderful little thing Here's the only problem with a kind bar. Not big enough. It's just not big enough. And what happens is, when I eat one, I want another one. It's worse than that. Before I finish that one, I'm thinking about how much I want another one. That's a food issue. And and here's where it comes from. Um, There's something comforting in food for me. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think growing up, you know, my my mom cooked great meals. And whenever if we didn't feel good or something, it was what can I make you to eat. And and so all of a sudden, then you start to connect with if you grow up in that environment. I, when I don't feel good, I should get something to eat, and then I'll feel better. And and, and that's a, that becomes an issue. Can for some people, not everybody, but it became an issue for me. And and so so oftentimes when I eat, there's something about it that that feels good. And, and I like it. Um, what I experience when I'm about to be at the end of a kind bar is actual loss. It's very strange, hard to explain. You'll only understand this if you have food issues. It's like, oh, I don't want it to be over yet. Because I'm... And it's so it's be, way beyond the food. it's it taking on a whole other thing. And now, if, if you don't have food issues, but it, that, I just described addiction issues in general. That's why they're, they get us in trouble. We, it's not enough. And so we always want just a little bit more. And there's a loss that happens because there's something that we feel is, is not, you know, we just, we would continue to like that to happen. And the reason that happens, you know, for me, why do I want more than one bar is because I'm broken. Now, normal, and, and I, I do fairly well at this point in my life about going, one is enough and I have to tell myself one's enough and I stop with one. Um, especially if there's no more around, then I try and make that situation happen. So I don't buy six anymore, I buy one every now and again, and not very often, because it's, a, it's, an, it's an issue where it can be. And so, um, so that's the process. I don't want it to end when it does end. I I'm, I'm actually would describe that feeling as, as a little sadness. And, and, uh, and what I have to do is instead of, here's, here's what has to happen, is that instead of trying to deal with uh, that sadness by eating, I have to begin to trust that God will deal with the sadness. And that's why praying well is so important. He does, and he will, and it's it's all a it's all a mess. It's a broken thing, but he can fix that by his spirit, and um, he wants to do that. And so that's what happens in the process. So you know, but it's important you, to eat well, um, and and to get focused again on the idea of what food is really all about. That it's not about us. It's about it's ultimately it's about relationship. It's about fellowship. It's um, it's a God-given thing that is far more than just food, and we need to elevate it back to that in our lives. And that's a very, very helpful, very helpful uh, process. And then another thing that's important is about moving well. Uh, I think it's one of the you know because he talked about you know your spiritual your soul does well as as well as your physical life. First um, Timothy four eight says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so, you know, it says there, physical training is of some value. Um, we, We, our goal in moving well isn't about trying to, you know, look good so that people will notice us, admire us. It's really all about being healthy enough so that we have more energy to engage in the life that Jesus has called us to. And, and so, you know, he's called us to this full and abundant now and forever life. And there's just something about taking care of that. So try and, try and move well. Try and eat a little better. Try and move a little better. That's it. No, no big major deals. Just, you know, move a little. Eat a little better. And, and that's well. And another big part is resting well. And this is something that a lot of people need to take note of. Um, one of the things that we've sort of sacrificed in our culture is the idea of rest. And how important it is to rest. And so we, we push ourselves to the limits. And, and a lot of people do this. They'll go and go and go and go and go and go. And they, they, they don't get enough sleep. And they're up and at them again. And they go and go and go and go. And you weren't designed to live like that. Um, your creator created you to rest. Um, Genesis 2, 1 and 3 says, um, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. What I want you to see in those verses is that there was a time for creation, that's work, and then a time for recreation or recreation, which is rest, and and that's in, ordained in those passages. And so, um, God has planned for us both stops and goes, and we need to be aware of that in our life, and and uh, um, it 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 we have to be careful because our The pace of our lives is accelerating. With all these neat things that have come along, all these great inventions that were supposed to make us more time have the opposite effect. They've sped us up instead of slowing us down. Uh, You know, they haven't made more time, but we just cram more stuff into the process because we can. And so, um, let me encourage you, in this area, if, if you're not getting some appropriate time in rest, make it a priority to find some times to rest and and, um, you know a lot of times what gets in the way of rest are things that that are not that important sometimes we just it's very important but there are some things that are not that important that get in the way and so be careful Um, and so these planned stops that God has is so that you can ultimately become fully awake and refreshed I don't like I I don't know do you you know those days that I'm talking about when you haven't rested well and then that feeling that you have throughout that whole day um, is unpleasant isn't it I hate that feeling it's a it's a terrible terrible. I don't like it at all, and and so and then you can get stuck in that rut, and all of a sudden you're not getting. So it's very important just just say you know what I I'm going to feel better. See, it's better to be fully awake, and refreshed and recharged than to not get to that spot. So so try and make that happen. And then living well is the other thing, and that's always about doing the next right thing. And we talk about it here a lot, and and I've said to you over the last few weeks, you know that when we when we begin really conforming and transforming, uh, transforming and renewing in the Lord that we begin to love to do the next right thing. And that's a very significant part of what happens. So, you know, um, just think about those things. That's, that uh, to me, a very important part of that letter, you know, my, that his prayer was that his friend um, would enjoy good health and, and uh, that, that all would go well with him even as his soul is getting along well. So it's a combination. It's that the Apostle John wants us to thrive now and forever. And so, so get those things together. And it's simple, you know, eat well, just eat a little better and, and remember what the focus should be. Move If you're not moving you walk around for five minutes It'll be good for you Uh, if you can do more do do more Um, uh, sometimes it's good to do things like uh, Barry goes running with me it's good for me and uh, because he's a much better runner than me but three days a week we go running and he he slows down and lets me tag along for three miles and it's just helpful to have that kind of process so get something like that uh, if you can but you know obviously not everybody can be running three miles walk five minutes ride your bike move around do something get out get some sunshine it's good for you and and, uh, and then make sure you get rest. Really, really important part of life. Rest well. And then live by doing the next right thing. And, uh, and then I think we can in just join in with the, uh, the Apostle John in, in saying, you know, dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So hold on to those things. And then next week we're in. Book of Revelation. Uh, very fascinating book. And... Uh, I'm looking forward to the study Uh, you have to kind of be on your toes when you do revelation so it'll be good got to do it from here okay Um, we're gonna do a prayer request Um, we're going to shut down the video Um, but go ahead if you would if you have prayer requests pass them up to me I'm sure one of the guys will pick them up and uh, and then I'll pray for you and we will call it an evening and tonight if you can help us we need to stack the